And it is I, Sir Lord Joel Calm, along with Sir Lord Travis Wright. Hello, good sir. Yes, I'm feeling very surish today. Yes. And um, as mentioned in our previous episode, we are back from NFT NYC. The episode that we had last featured interviews from a number of people that um, I encountered at the conference. Miss Teen Crypto was there. We had Jazzy from Wax, also Jonah from Atomic Hub, um, Jesse, a friend of the show from Splinterlands and, and several others. And I promised you that the next episode, which is now this one, Travis and I would do a recap of the conference and it deserves its own episode because this conference was, I think, the biggest crypto event that we've been to yet. Isn't that right? I would say it's the biggest crypto event that you and I have been to. I would say Bitcoin Miami was bigger uh, overall, but you weren't at that one. I wasn't at that one, but they had about 15,000 people in New York and Times Square and spread out throughout the island for this event. This was the fourth one that they've done. You and I spoke at the second one, which was in uh, in New York at the Edison Ballroom. They had about 500 people. That was back in uh, two years ago, February. January. That was, uh, that was January. Uh, February 2020, right? 2020. And then you spoke at the last one, emceed at the one uh, last November 2021, where there was about, about 5,500 people at that one. Okay. This one, I mean, this, almost three X'd. Uh, uh, they had seven venues with 11 stages and get this 350 satellite events. That's like, that's like South by Southwest early days mm-hmm. kind of stuff right now. This way, that's what it really feels like to me. And I think uh, some other people have, have mentioned that some people would say CES, but it's not like CES because CES is pretty much one big venue Mm-hmm. right that you go to but then there's some satellite events i don't even know if there's 350 satellite events for ces i mean that's a lot of satellite events but you think about this each one of these communities is its own little ecosystem right and so that's part of the fun of these nfts like you have some of these nfts you're part of the community let's go meet at blah and go hang out and have fun and and, and have some debauchery because we're all dgens right and so lots of debauchery was had this week I didn't debauch at all. I mean, some may have, but lots I mean, of people I'm sure did debauch because marijuana is legal in uh, in New York City now. And my, I had one big observation is I've been there several times. And um, so the trash scenario is back in the day, they used to just throw their trash out the window and they would come and pick it up. And then now what they do, it's more civilized is they you know, leave the trash out on the curb every night. And then the, the mafia who runs the trash trucks businesses, they come and pick up all the trash every night. But in the heat of summer, that trash smells horrible. Yeah. It is just the worst. But now it's got that little extra bit of weed. And so it's not as bad. It doesn't smell quite so shitty. It's like weed plus shit now. Which Dude, is there were people setting up on the corners with their little table selling joints. I mean, it's there was there was weed trucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I've never seen a weed truck. Normally, it's like the dispensary process is very sort of all these. It was just weird to me how how New York City is all about licenses and everything else and everything's regulated. But it's like weed trucks are very we're more. I saw more weed trucks than I saw food trucks. (laughs) That's 
there, although there are plenty of food trucks just about on every counter, but there were plenty of weed trucks. And also, not surprisingly, on every block in the Times Square area, at least, there was a test, uh, a tent for COVID testing everywhere. Like, you know, right now, COVID as it is, yeah, some people are still getting pretty sick with it. You know, our friend Brian Fans, I hope he recovers soon. He got it pretty bad after the conference. A lot of oh, people. But that's that's like this is what viruses do. And we said early on, everybody's going to get this thing one form or another. Everybody it's going to come in touch with everybody and immune. If you're naturally immune, then you'll be immune. We know now the vaccine was never supposed to make you immune. What they say is that it's supposed to lessen symptoms should you get it. Um, so it's you know, everybody's going to come in contact with it. I've had it. You've had it. Every, everybody I know pretty much. I'm, I'm hearing now. I mean, I was talking to a friend who got vaccinated and has had COVID, according to him, three times now. It's like, wow. Okay. Well, that sucks. I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. That's just horrible. Cause it's like when you have it, you don't feel good at all. It's, it's pretty miserable living there for that week or so, however long it is. Mine wasn't. Oh, my, losing Mine was. your taste, losing your smell. So I, I didn't. You I didn't know? have that at all. I just Man, I, 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 I was coming back home and I fainted in the airport line. Right. I was like, yeah. I've never fainted in my life. Like I felt it's like, whoa. And then I fainted like that's that's like a rare symptom for people who get covid. Probably fat people, fat people who get COVID like me, maybe you faint. I don't know if that's true. Fat or not, people but I faint. do know that like five percent of people who get covid fainted. And I've never fainted in my life. Luckily, I felt myself and I braced myself. So I only kind of went down to one knee. That was when I was at Miami airport after Bitcoin Miami, when mm. I got it there. Oh man. I was feeling great the day before. I was like, all right, I feel good. And then the next day and then flying. Oh man, it was horrible. So it's like one of those things comes and goes, but uh, glad the era of that is almost over, but it sounds like, you know, anytime you go to these conferences, you're around a whole lot of people mm-hmm. and the handrails are always gross. You, you know, people touching all the, uh, you know, the elevator buttons and everything else. Just, you gotta be, you gotta be smart. But then also I'm a, I'm of the belief is like, I don't mind getting some of those germs because that's those germs are what helps keep your immune system strong. It keeps you going. So I don't take over precautions. I do wash my hands regularly. Um, just like normal, but I don't go out of my way. I, before I eat, I make sure I wash my hands. If you do that stuff, you're going to be fine. But I always think this is that, you know what? There's a really great comedy bit by George Carlin about immune systems and immunity. And he goes, when I was a kid, I swam in the Hudson river in shit, literally <laughs> swimming in shit. And I never got sick. Why? Cause I swam in shit. Like <laughs> It's like, it's hilarious. George Carlin, my favorite comedian of all time. He's way funnier than I am with that bit right there. But he'd be sure. so canceled today, I and mean, he wouldn't care. I think he did get canceled because he was in really good health, and then all of a sudden he did that bit about "There's a big club and you ain't in it, and I ain't in it, and neither are you." And then, and then he talked about that whole thing, and it's like, and then literally that went on HBO, and then like within the month he was dead. Okay, this is like bad crypto level conspiracy theory stuff. Let's talk about NFT NYC. So you well, that was actually I, that performance by George Carlin was in NYC. So there's a little bit of oh, there's a time. There we go. So this was a, uh, a pretty much a three day event. And the focus of it was at the Marriott Marquis, where from floors two through nine, there was expo. There are two of the um, the place, the halls, the ballrooms for speaking 
were in there. Um, and the expo was great because there was so many vendors and so many booths this time. You could just go on and on, visit and talk to people. I didn't talk to everybody in all the booths. I didn't get a chance to stop at everything. I talked to a bunch of them, but the expo was, uh, was super crazy and lots of interesting stuff. Yeah, I actually just went through the eighth floor, I think, the eighth or the ninth floor, the one where all the wax stuff was. Uh-huh. That was I went through that one because you said, nine. make sure to go check out the POAP thing. So now I got this POAP card that you recommended I get. And basically, if you meet me at any event and I have an NFT attached to that, then you can just go boop. And then I can give you an NFT. Joel can give you an NFT. Mm-hmm. He was forcing his NFTs on people. He was like, boop this. Take it. Boop this. You boop Take- it. I don't want to boop it. Why you got it forcing me to boop your thing? I'll boop you. Claim my damn POAP. And if you'll go back to the previous episode, you'll see the interview with Patricio, who was the founder of POAP. And uh, we talk about. Oh, you ran into him at the event, huh? Oh, yeah. We he's he's in the show. I know you don't listen. You don't watch or listen to the nifty show, but he's he's in there. Yeah. I love Patricio. We've had I've had many conversations with him oh, recently yeah. about what's going on with POAPs. And then I'm doing some uh, um, wisdom, Web3 wisdom web three plus wisdom Wednesdays. And we're giving out po apps on that. So that's kind of fun. That needs a jingle. Web three wisdom Wednesday. Get your fucking po <laughs> So on day one, they had a venue for day one that they only had for day one. And that was radio city music hall. Uh, I got to go in the night before nobody from the venue was there, but I finagled my way in past security. I'm like, look, I'm on the schedule here to be here. Here's my name tag. And the guy's like, okay, you can go. So I walked in like nobody's escorting me. I go walk out on stage. And of course the crew is there. They're preparing the curtains are up and I'm looking at the stage and I'm looking at the, the room going, holy crap if you go backstage you can see pictures on the wall there's elton john there's uh there's mick jagger there's aretha franklin all these legends that have been on the stage and i'm like oh my gosh travis and i are gonna speak on this stage here this venue which holds six thousand people and has three tiers of balconies i'm like i've i've spoken some cool places but this was going to be the coolest and so and we did we done spoke it was it was one of the coolest or the coolest still. Yeah. Uh, so we spoke on uh, day one uh, at uh, t- about 240, 245. Actually, would have been would have been on time. It wasn't because right before us was Spike Lee. And uh, he's doing some NFT stuff. He was supposed to have, I think, a 15 or a 20 minute spot, which was never enough for Spike Lee. OK, they tried to keep things on time, but um, they let this go on for 45 minutes. Anyway, before uh, Spike was on, I walked up to him backstage. I said, hello, Mr. Lee. Uh, congratulations on your success. I, I first discovered you do the right thing, said uh, me and my uh, my co-hosts are speaking after you. And I just want to thank you for being our warm up act uh, to which he did not really. <laughs> He just kind of looked at me and then I asked him if he would come on the nifty show and he said, yes. So I'm in touch with his assistant and hopefully we'll have spike on a future episode of the nifty show. That'd be cool. Yeah. And you know, what you said he had 15 minutes and then he decided to take another 25 minutes. I think something like that. Maybe an additional 30 minutes. He was on stage like 45 minutes. He had, yeah. he had 15 minutes assigned to him and he took off 45 minutes which basically ate up the rest of our, our, our bonus time that we had. 
because little unbeknownst to me, I didn't know how it works, but apparently at six o'clock, because everybody who's working there was working for the stage one stage hands union. I guess this union's 150 years old, right? But it's like to ensure that everything is done correctly, everything needs to be done by six o'clock. Now we can go over six o'clock, but you have to pay double time, triple time or whatever the thing is on the contract. So they're like, nope, lights are getting shut off at six o'clock. So we had to make sure it was a, it after Spike ran over his time. It we had to make sure that thing was running smoothly on time. Right. So we gave our talk on fifteen ways to create successful NFTs and really honed that talk. Um, and I think that people really, really enjoyed it. Um, got a lot of great feedback. You're hilarious as as always. Had some great jokes in there. And thank you, good, um, sir. We just then, we got a good stage presence together. It's almost like. The give and take. There's like, who who else does has does a dual keynote? I it's 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 like it's like a piece of content, an entertaining piece of content on stage that I've not seen. Who else does this? I mean, you think about it. Penn and Teller, they're a deal, but Teller doesn't even talk, right? Who who does? I mean, I, and that's putting ourselves. That's that's saying some high praise. That's upper echelon shit. There, Penn and Teller. But that's like, pr- that's who praising does, yourself. Who does a dual keynote? I've never seen anybody else do a dual keynote. Uh, I don't know. All I know is it came off really well and really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm actually trying to share um, the screen here so you can see um, some of the pictures. Can you see that? Okay. There we go. So there's um, that is the view from the stage before the hall was filled, and that's proof me on the stage. And uh, we're in a bad crypto podcaster, very nice. Yeah, and this is like looking. You can see they're getting things ready on stage there for the event, and uh, Coinbase was testing their film. I'm just gonna go through some of these here, so we can see. Think of how many amazing people have been on that stage, Joel. I mean, uh, it, it's it's mind-blowing. It, and then think of how many mediocre mediocre people, how much mediocrity was on stage when we were on. But I, I couldn't help thinking about those seats. Like, how many people have farted in those seats? <laughs> there's got to be just, th- there's got to be hundreds of thousands of farts have taken place. I'm going to keep touring the photos here. This is Jody Rich. <laughs> One of the uh, the founders uh, of actually the founder of NFT NYC. Oh, there's Rufus, and uh, there was a girl at the speaker dinner who decided to get up on the table, and uh, I don't know what she was up to. She was going to pop this balloon, and it didn't it didn't pop. And I was expecting her to fall off the table or something. I don't know. She didn't fall off the table. Uh, there's our buddy Jesse Agrod from Splinterlands, and uh, we did video serious like. He's got like an 1800s beard. There's Sir Lord Travis. Oh, this was cool. I can't wait to show people these photos, Travis. Why don't you talk about what this was? Yeah, I'm actually, I was actually looking while you were talking this, I was looking on, I was looking on Instagram to try to find like, what was the thing of this Radio City Music Hall? What was this dude who was taking our photos? It's Jeremy somebody. I can't receive the name of it. I got to find his name, Jeremy something. And uh, so basically this dude, has has developed a really cool process and so he he's he's shining an image behind us and then he's shining light on that image behind us shining and also another light on us in a unique way and then turning and then doing some flashy stuff 
and then creating some amazing photos. And so we oh. got, we, you and I got some photos together and some separately. This is where I was setting the one on something on fire, but we haven't gotten those photos yet. No, but we will. They're going to be amazing. There's Spike. There's a picture of uh, Spike Lee. By the way, those of you listening to the audio version of this, you're missing the slideshow. You might want to go over to YouTube or Odyssey and catch the video so you can see the photos. There's you and I on stage. Look at all the people there. Uh, absolutely crazy how many people were there I'm in the saying audience. something. I can tell I'm saying something. I, didn't, I wasn't quite ready for the photo. I'm I'm like, gonna... eh. Oh, this was cool. You went up to one of the, the dudes that had worked there for like 27 years. And you asked him, what's the coolest thing to see here at Radio City? And what did he tell you? He said, probably the coolest thing is the uh, underground here with the hydraulics. And so if you've ever seen like magicians or something or like where the orchestra sort of pops up out the floor, th this is the hydraulics that does this. And this is under this is under the stage. And so you can actually see. When you're up on the top, like this big circle, so the orchestra will sit on that, and this this hydraulics will lower it and raise it up. So they've had the they've had the Emmys. I don't know if they've had the Emmys yet. The Grammys have been there many times, mm -hmm. and uh, I think they've done a bunch of other award shows there as well. So that's just a prolific stage. But that was really cool to be underneath there. And we were like, make sure we don't press the damn buttons. Right. I want I want to go push some buttons on here. Oh, this was in Times Square. There was like a mass yoga thing going on. I'm like, okay, this will be good. There's, there's, you know, a lot of women out there That's, bending. It looks like a lot of ass yoga, a lot of asses in the air. And then uh, that night after we were done emceeing, headed over to the AC hotel. We're on the rooftop lounge. Uh, Wax did a uh, a meetup. Our buddy Taylor Alexander played some some music out there. Let's see if I can. Should be able to hear it. I guess not. Yeah, audio doesn't play too. And lots of the people from Wax got to interview uh, William Quigley. Um, there's our buddy Drew Rossow. There's M. Blue. Great to finally meet him in, what's in that, person. What's that face you just did right there on that one, though? It's kind of like a chipmunky face. You're kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of chipmunky. <laughs> M. Blue and uh, uh, Yoshi Kondo. Dude was super cool. Our buddy Jason Nunley was there. And there's, there's the, the boss himself, Mr. William Quigley, WQ. Yeah, it was and fun at that event. We were handing out um, uh, cards from the from the Blockchain Heroes Titan deck, and uh, so I think we went around to pretty much everybody to give them give get, you know let them choose one to see who they got. It was kind of fun. And then I and then I kept <laughs> there was just like a few left, and then and, and if they get they drew the one that was Renegade based on John McAfee, I'd ask them, "Can you tell who this is?" And then three people didn't know wow john mcafee so i took it from them and gave it and i gave put it back in the stack and they had to draw another one like if you don't know this is john mcafee then you can't have this you don't get it uh here's some uh, pictures that were taken from the audience um during our presentation there's uh you up on radio city there's me um i i got a, a new jacket just for this which i thought was baller had to have it and um we're up i don't know what i'm saying but we're saying words up there yeah I got a new jacket too, but it turns out when somebody sends you something your size in Chinese, it's like way smaller than American fat. American fat is way small, way bigger than Chinese fat. <laughs> I did not know this. That oh, yeah. I discovered that first when we was in Paris at, at, at that one blockchain week there and Binance gave me a, a 3X shirt, but it was really like an American 1X. 
So Chinese fat is way different than American fat. Just they don't know that. So I'm telling them now. That's good to know. Here's uh, here's our buddy um, uh, Oz. We ran into Oz Sultan there, and it's always good to see him. He was looking good, looking healthier. Of course, a uh, a good friend of the show. And there's me and the Smurfs. Did you get to meet Very the Smurfs? Nice. Hey, is there is it Gargamel? I don't see Gargamel. No, Gargamel. I was playing the role of Gargamel. You were playing the role of Gargamel. Yeah. Yeah, so there were some other ancillary events that took place. What uh, what are some of the things that that you did that um, that I might not have attended? Like, wasn't there uh, a couple? Yeah, so there's a couple of them that I went that I went to, and actually, uh, Ancient Wisdom uh, was there doing stuff as well as CryptoBots, CryptoBots.me. Which this next week, actually this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, CryptoBots.me and what's going on on that. But there was one event at uh, niftycastle.io. They put on these big crypto events. It was a four-day ancillary event where there's a lot of panels and stuff going on there. And I had some artwork up there from CryptoBots and Ancient Wisdom. Also went to OnChain Monkeys event mm-hmm. and spoke on a panel there. So my so the artwork <clears throat> that I had sent to be on display didn't arrive until the night before. So it arrived on Monday night. Supposed to get there on Saturday. Got there Monday night. So then on Tuesday, we're doing the Radio City Music Hall thing. So I have to get this artwork over to the venue at the, uh, I believe it was the, was it the Hyatt? Uh, no, it was the Doubletree. It was the Doubletree at the rooftop bar. And then had to get the stuff there. The event was already going on. So I'm setting up these things while the event's going on because the artwork took, and then whenever I'm done, I got to leave and go straight over to Radio City Music Hall. So I was blessed about getting the artwork over to the Doubletree and getting that all set up and doing all that. And then by the time I got to Radio City Music Hall, it was almost like a sigh of relief. I was like, ah. So it, what was weird was that where normally I might be a little nervous. I'm like, okay, we're going on stage, Radio City Music Hall. It's a pretty big stage. But I, I had to get all sorts of shit done. And so I got all that done. And it was like, ah, now I get to go have fun on stage with Joel, which was like, we're relaxing. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't nervous at all. Um, so got invited to a lot of parties, a lot of ancillary events. But, you know, I'm not one for the nightclub you know the loud parties where you can't talk to people uh i'm just not in party mode i'm in networking mode hanging out mode well i got invited and you did too but you ended up going your other thing to a a party uh, by metacrafters this is really cool we're going to have the founder on the nifty show here very soon they did a um a cocktail meetup on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. So there's me and in, uh, in, uh, Mint Esel, the co-host of the Nifty Chicks podcast and at the New York Stock Exchange. And, I'm, and uh, I w- walked around a little bit. I'm saying, of course, sell, Mortimer, sell. Right. But you can see cool. here, I mean, how often do you get to do this? Like to, the floor is, you know, except for the other attendees, bare, walking around the floor yep. of the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, that's just not something that you get to do. So I look for, you know, unique experiences when I go to events. And this was one I'm like, yeah, I'll go to Wall Street. Let's uh, let's go check this out. This is going to be fun. It was fun. Actually, what I did was I ended up going to uh, Ripple House. So um, my co-author for Digital Sense, Chris Snook, who's been on the show, friend of the show, and uh, we're going to be going to be doing a show here and start recording some things for Web3 show. But we went over to the Ripple House and uh, had a great conversation over there. They got a $250 million creator fund. Uh, 
going on over there and like a $1.2 billion development fund. So I was asking questions around this SEC thing and what's it going to, what's going to happen. And, and, um, you know, chatting with some folks off the record, it's looking pretty good. It's either going to be best case scenario, most likely, or next best case scenario. They just don't see that the worst case scenario happening that that time has already kind of passed. So it seems like in October, November, most likely they're going to resolve a big portion of their case. And then more of these um, exchanges will be able to put Ripple back on. And I could just see the price of Ripple at that point, not financial advice, going ham. But, you know, they're doing they're dropping a bunch of NFT stuff, building NFT platforms. They partnered with Mintable, right? Our boy Zach over there at Mintable, who we've had on Nifty Show a few times and even on Bad Crypto. Um, they got $40 million from Ripple and they created this thing called Mintology, gas fee-less uh, minting. Right. And so he's talking to some some Ticketmaster and some big credit card processing things to be able to to work with them. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, we knew when we first started this, you know, NFTs were new. NFTs are on Ethereum. Now NFTs are on Ethereum and Wax. NFTs are on Ethereum and Wax and Flow. And, it, and then you started you started seeing everywhere. everywhere. Every blockchain that's an L1 in most cases is going to have some sort of NFT solution. And uh, it's coming into fruition. There's so many of them now, and there's a lot of them that are popping up um, that are going to be that are that are bridges between multiple blockchains. One of which called Omniverse, which I chatted these dudes with. They are you're able to launch an NFT on seven concurrent uh, NFT platforms and blockchains, but the NFT only is on one chain at a time uh, due to providence and whatnot. But being able to say, here's our NFT series. It's going to be this amount of ETH or this amount of Solana or this amount of WAX or this amount. Like, that's what's going to be wild is whenever you can launch an NFT series and people can pay with their crypto of choice. I think that'll 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 knock down some of the tribal stuff within NFTs because it seems like people are like, I like Solana NFTs. I like WAX NFTs. I like ETH NFTs. I like these Avalanche NFTs. And they kind of, I like HBAR. And they kind of stay in their own little little bubble. And I think that some of this this omni you know verse things and some of these uh, multi chain operatives are going to be helpful to creating mass adoption because of because of providence. That's what she said. Because of providence. Providence means it's of God. Providence. Yeah. Well, it says NFTs are from God. Joel. Yes, providence. So um, you know, and when you talk about NFTs being everywhere in the New York Stock Exchange, after we left the floor, they took us up to like the meeting rooms in the hallway. And you could see that, the, you know, there's this interesting artwork that's up there. I don't think these are NFTs, but this collection, uh, there's the the uh, Nifty Chicks right there on the wall behind them. I think those are Boss Beauties, I think, but those are NFTs that are on the wall of the New York Stock Exchange. So like, were they on the wall for the, for this, that party or were they? On no, the wall? they are, they are, they are hung there. That is part of the, uh, the deal right now. So like this stuff is moving into the, uh, the mainstream and there's no avoiding it. We know there's no avoiding it. It is an unstoppable juggernaut. NFTs are, NFTs are here to stay. And in my discussions with Jody Rich, um, he's thinking that, you know, they're aiming for 50,000 people 
in the not too distant future, maybe as soon as next year. And then um, they're going to shoot for up to 100,000 people. They see this being. God, I sure hope they don't do that in New York because how impossible it will be to get around. They should be. They should do this thing now. At John. It's almost like have one thing at some place that's very cool, Carnegie Hall or Radio City. But have it at Javits because that's like a huge convention center. Then everybody can be in one location. You know what I mean? Well, I think that, you know, the they don't necessarily want everybody in one location. They like putting the spotlight on community and community does their thing. Javits makes it feel like a typical conference. So I don't know what they're going to do. Well, I really how don't. How are you going to do 100,000 people if you're not doing it? You're not. You're, you're not. You're not going to. So, um, you know, we stayed an extra day. And, uh, and Aaron and I went out to dinner at this place across the street from the Marriott Marquis called, um, I want to say block 45 or something like that. And she's like, she went there for appetizers day before she says, Oh my gosh, the meatballs were amazing. We got to go here for dinner because we were going to go to a show afterwards. So we went to this place and I ordered a chicken Parmesan. It was a chicken pepperoni Parmesan. Now what I'm about to show you is a regular size dinner plate. Okay, this is what they brought me for a chicken parmesan on a regular size dinner plate. It looks like a pizza, looks like wow, a chicken parmesan pizza. It was delicious. It was huge. No, I could not eat it all, but it was absolutely amazing. And then afterwards, we went to see Moulin Rouge. And uh, what's really interesting about this, Travis, if you look at the stage, you could see there's a stage and then there's some people. And then there's another stage in front and there's a walkway. So the people that are sitting in front of us are in the can-can seats at tables. They had to wear N95 masks and show proof of vaccination to sit there. And then we sat in the front row and I, my neck was like this looking up at them because they were dancing their ass off and putting their booties, you know, pretty much in our face because it's <laughs> Moulin Rouge. Like if I could go back again, I probably would buy like fifth row tickets, not first row. Uh, get you, get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they get you, get you my my yeah, yeah's for for sure. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But I got to show you this picture because one of my favorite things to do after travel is to come back home to our island paradise and flying into Puerto Rico. Look at that water and the, the sky. Nice. It's just, it's just oh, so good. delicious. Hey, can I show, can I show a video? I don't know. Can you? I mean, I'm asking you boss. Well, sure. You, of course you can show, show us some videos. All right. So let me make, make some magic here. Do your screen over here. Do your screen share more show and tell. Courtesy. Yeah, yeah. No, because I wish I wish you had been over there at the at the Ripple House because Snook and I ended up doing these. Can you see the screen? Uh, it is starting up. There we go. Wait, that was a Snook one. Hold on a second. That's the one with me on it was Snook. <laughs> so he's in the second one. Hold on a second. Oh, uh, yeah. Is this one it? I don't know. Is this it? No. Where was it? As a podcast launch. There was one where we both had it on there. All right. Well, we both had. Is this it? Oh, here it is. That's some really. That's some really good maneuvering. Here we go. Oh, this is like uh, your matrix thing. That's fun. I was thinking I could have done one of these, man. We need to. We need to get a video like this, though. That's fun. 
basically you're on this little, on this little, this little podium and the camera goes around you. Creates some pretty awesome footage if you do something right. Very nice. I don't need to be sharing my screens no more. That's very, exactly. very ripply. Um, you my know, jacket so, was very blue. My hat was blue. It looked very, it was very good to the ripple colors. The, um, you know, the overall sentiment, I think, from the events was really solid. It's, it's really hard to put together an event for 15,000 people in six months time. And my understanding is their staff was like no more than 20. There were some problems. There were some things, you know, I heard a few of the sponsors weren't happy with one thing or another. Um, but as for as many people as they put into this thing, I think it went amazingly smooth. So kudos to Jody Rich and his team at uh, NFT.cred for making that happen. Yeah, it was a very fun event. I love the folks there. Uh, Quinn, she's awesome. Cam. He's awesome. Jody, awesome. Great people. And, uh, you know, from going from 200 people in the first event to then about 500 people at the second event to then 5,500 people at this event to then 15,000 in the, you know, uh, the, you know, 5,500 last November. And then now six months later, seven months later, having 15,000 people, it wouldn't be a surprise if next, next year we're sitting at, you know, 35, 50,000 people going to this mm-hmm. And here's the thing, gang, uh, you know, even in a bear market, the vibe there was very positive. I, you know, we've been to Bitcoin conferences when we're in a bear market and people are a little more subdued. Not so at this event. It was jubilant. It was celebratory. It was community. People were very excited. You would not have known that you were in a bear market for uh, crypto or NFTs going to this conference. And that tells me everything I need to know about the future of NFTs, gang. We're just getting started. We're still early. NFTs, digital collectibles, memberships, metaverse, play to earn, social tokens. This is all new and you are in the right place because we are going to strive to bring you the leaders in the space, the best content that we can here on both this podcast and the Bad Crypto Podcast. Um, You know, we're two years plus in on the Nifty Show, almost five years on Bad Crypto, and we're just getting started. The fun is just beginning, gang. This stuff is going to go mainstream, and we're here for it. There you go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, folks. Maybe we'll see you at a crypto event. I know that I'm staying put here in Kansas City or here in Puerto Rico for a while. And uh, I do. I will go back to Kansas City late July to go see some concert. Go see a concert with my daughter. We're gonna go see Motley Crue and and uh, oh, nice. uh, who else is gonna be there? Motley Crue, Poison, and Def Leppard. I think maybe nice. Joan Jett might be there. So we got some really good seats for that. So I'll be. That's gonna be the next time I'm back in the states. And after that, I'm not sure when I'm back in the states because I am staying out of the states and I am staying in a Puerto Rican state of mind. All right. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Make sure that you subscribe, review, ring bells, tell friends, and keep it nifty. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles. We call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Travis and Joel are the hosts you'll know. Travis and Joel say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go. The Nifty, really kind of spiffy, The Nifty Show.